how many times have we been in a conversation <laughs> and it just continues to escalate and it gets it's like as soon as I'm like I've got to de-escalate this thing. And you like, think Selena, that? I do. Oh, I don't think that. And I'm like, if I just say it this way, but I'm already escalating yeah. in my own mind. It's three days ago, people. Three days ago. And Selena is just off to the races every time. Doesn't even try to de-escalate it. Just running me through, raking me over the coals. <laughs> I just don't think I should de-escalate. Those are not the thoughts that go through my head. I'm like, how can I just not be mad right now? <laughs> or how can I make that's it so a, everything okay? So maybe that's... I just don't use those exact How can phrase. I win this fight? What is it going to take for me to win this argument uh, right now? At any cost, <laughs> I will win. <laughs> yeah, right. Anyway, we're going to talk about 10 ways to help de-escalate conflict. And it's, namely, I think... to be quick about to 10 help, ways. To help de-escalate really, uh, I think, hard and loud arguments, like bad arguments. So how to de-escalate that situation. Anyway, I hope it's helpful to you. So we'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage. Sex. Communication. Finances. Priorities. Purpose. And everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. All right, this is real time, folks. This really happened like three days ago. Yeah, what happened? I just, we had to, something went wrong. <laughs> so trying to not like be so... No, I just thought of a fight that we had that was not the one you're thinking oh, of. Oh, okay. But this is the one, we was late at night, and I was like so upset because you had said something. And and <laughs> do you remember that? I was standing at the stove, I was cooking, and I was like, <laughs> you know what? I don't get no respect. <laughs> and immediately we both started laughing because we thought of that scene where Michael Scott's like doing his Rodney Dangerfield impression. <laughs> don't get no respect. Because I said it in that way on accident. You started laughing. I was, I'm like sitting there waiting for like, this can go one of two ways. <laughs> so I just, wisdom said to wait. So I just kind of waited, tried not to smile, and then just let you lead in that situation. Which, it, honestly, it hurt. It hurt my soul to laugh at that moment. I felt so, I, I, I betrayed myself. But it so actually, you should watch The Office, people. It did de-escalate that de-escalates. fight. De-escalates. I think we were we were hugging within 30 seconds of, yep. of that, of me quoting Michael Scott, <laughs> quoting Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> so there's some, so laugh, laughing is one tactic. That's a bonus tactic that we didn't actually have on our list for today. But yeah, we're going to go through 10 ways that kind of strategies, thoughts, things that can hopefully put on pause mm. the escalation process in your marital bouts. Um, so yeah, hopefully it'll be helpful, but obviously the Bible has a lot to say about how we communicate and we're just going to apply some wisdom to how we do that. So first off, if you haven't quickly, please do rate this podcast, go ahead and hit, hit pause and just go rate it real quick. Yep. Just do it. Just Just do do it. it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Anyway. Do it. Um, it means a lot. You know that. Yes. Uh, secondly, if you have any questions, go to fiercemarriage.com slash podcast and you can ask those there. There's a button and a phone number. Text or email. Or, sorry. Text or call 971-333-1120. Don't email that number. It will go nowhere. <laughs> um, and then thirdly, uh, thank you to our Patreon supporters. You guys are amazing, especially during this tough season. I mean, we're finding... Um, our rhythms haven't changed a lot, but in terms of you know what's happening economically, it's really cool to see kind of the support of the Patreon community. Yeah. We also have some really cool free stuff coming your way. 
but that's super secret, some new stuff. Anyway, if you want to be a part of that, we ask you pray about it. And if God leads you, that you join. And the way you join is go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage. Okay. Woo! Is that it? Got to slow down. Okay. I haven't had any coffee either, so. This afternoon. This afternoon. Did you have some this morning? I did. Mm. Caught me in a lie. <laughs> I meant this afternoon. It's all good. Um, yeah, so 10, 10 kind of ideas, thoughts, ways, tips, whatever you want to call them this, to help you de-escalate. Can you define de-escalate for us? Because this comes straight from our own life right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I know what it means. You know what it means. But let's just define it for our good, lovely good. listeners here. That's a good idea. So if you if you just think of escalating emotions, anytime you've said think something. Think of an escalator. <laughs> Okay. So de-escalate. I wonder why. It's literally the same word. A <laughs> <laughs> friend Pat took a turn. <laughs> Pat turn. Anyway. Um, yeah. So if you think of any time you've ever sinned in your anger or you've ever done something you regret. Never. Out of emotion. Nope. Usually that's the result <laughs> of an escalation of some sort, usually out of anger or just emotion. Okay. Okay. So to de-escalate something, how many... We know that healthy conversations rarely happen in those cases. Right. And so I think it becomes the task of cognizant, emotionally intelligent people, which you are, listeners, we know you are, to consciously de-escalate those situations knowing a couple of core truths, which we're going to get into. The core truths are, and I guess I'll just say them now, the core truths are, one, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Mm. I mean, you're not perfect. Your perspective is not perfect. Your perspective oh, is boy. definitely tainted in some way, either by sin or by just blind spots or just lack of information. So if we have, and also your motives aren't necessarily perfect all the time. Mm. Okay. So that core. Perfect meaning pure even, right? Pure, okay. perfect, godly, constructive, healthy, yeah. productive. <laughs> like, so all. Like defining things. <laughs> for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's the first kind of premise. The second premise is that you both are of equal value, worth, and importance in God's eyes. And uh, therefore, you should both hold each other with great value, worth, and importance. I guess there's a third premise, too. And the objective of marriage is to honor and respect and love the way we're instructed to for God's glory and for our good. Mm -hmm. So when we we, we, uh, confine ourselves or constrict ourselves by God's law, by God's wisdom, the, the words that we have in scripture, then we are going to flourish because of it. So here are these 10 things. We're going to get through them actually fairly quickly because a lot of them are intuitive and we're just going to be reminding you of those things. Um, also, we have a limited amount of time as we're recording this, <laughs> um, but each one of those 10 things is kind of, is, is stemming from a, a deeper truth that's been true since the dawn of time, mm-hmm. as we see revealed in God's uh, revelation of scripture. So here we go. Here we go. Number All right. one. The first one is breathe. Breathe. Everybody take a deep breath now. Yeah. (laughs) I I have next to that wait. Speak less. Mm. I didn't put the verse in here, but uh, what's the verse? James 119. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Oh, man. I could I could spend a whole hour there. One more there. verse. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Mm. Yes, Next Lord. time you're arguing, say, girl, put away that filthiness. <laughs> well, okay. Put away your filthiness, woman. <laughs> okay, but notice how it says, be slow to speak. Quick to listen. 
Quick to hear. Quick to listen. Slow to speak is in there. Yep. Quick and, to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Yeah, so notice how slow to speak is right before slow to become angry. So the very first thing you can do, listener, believer, <laughs> saint, is to be slow to speak. If you're slow to speak, our arguments escalate when we both are stepping on each other's toes yeah. to say what we want to say to the point where I'm not even listening. Or I'm to just it. like <laughs> firing. Like there's just fire inside Selena of me. Gets, she's machine gun. Machine gun woman. When, just, it gets fiery and I can't. You got to say it. You got to say it. You got to say head, it. I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to melt your face off. That's <laughs> it's going to melt your face off. <laughs> so, we call but, that the Hulk, by the way. Yes. But it, yeah. it is God is continually teaching me to wait and to speak less and to listen more. And uh, yeah. After all, the timeless wisdom of our good friend Kevin Malone is <laughs> why use more word when few word do trick? <laughs> 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 it's like, you're looking funny. at me like, why did you put that in there? Because you're you and I'm looking and at you like, to. why wouldn't I yes, put that in yes. there? Few word do trick <laughs> from the office. Okay, I I have this. I love that you're just laughing at your, <laughs> your own jokes today. I'm just floating on cloud nine. Right awesome. Now. Okay, so words are like toothpaste. Have, have, have you remember that analogy? Yes. It's like once you once you get all the toothpaste out, you can't get can't it back put in. Put it back in. Can't unring that bell. Mm. Words are like time; like you'll never get them back. So use your words uh, very wisely. And the Bible is, has a lot to say about our words. <laughs> a lot, and we just scratched the surface with James one nineteen. Um, I actually thought this was interesting, and we'll move on to the second one. But there's science to this too. So slowing down your autonomic nervous system. Okay, that's a thing. That's okay. the part that runs kind of the systems that run on their own. Your breathing, your circulation, your heart. Auto. Autonomic, nomic being the, I don't know what that's from. <laughs> Auto meaning car. It's car based. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm going to have to reel you in here. You are. Okay. But anyway, when you turn off, so by breathing and slowing down, um, deep by, breathing, by yeah. deep breathing, slowing down your kind of your cadence of your speech, your cadence of existing in that moment. Okay. So by slowing down your breathing, you are turning off the stress hormone cortisol in your brain simply by just Deep breathing. Right, right. So we're not saying like stop and just meditate because how patronizing is that? <laughs> right. <laughs> Been there. It's not fun. Just, just. It, you have to do these, all these things in kind of a loving, wise, discerning way. Right, okay. right. You still got to love each other. Yeah. And remember, right, you're, we're having a hard talk. Just acknowledge that truth, right? We're having a hard time. Rely on God's truth. Rely on his word that is, Yeah. we are in this covenant. We're in this together. We're just having a, a fight and that's okay. <laughs> yep. It's okay to have some disputes here yeah so first one is breathe the second one is remember your big perspective this goes this comes from that last point that you just said is that remember the context of why you exist who you are where you are how you got there okay so the first one i have who what and why Mm. who is remember that this person you're talking to is a person that is loved by god right given to you as a gift given to you as a spouse, someone you've given yourself to. Remember who you're talking to. Mm -hmm. It's very easy for me to think of you as an opponent and not as my wife. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or somebody to be defeated. You always say, I'm on your side. And I'm like, I don't feel like you're on my side. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes it's hard to feel that camaraderie with the team. Yeah. And so you kind of have to... So remember, remind yourself who. The second one is what. So mm-hmm. remember your marriage, right? right. What right. I mean. Well, yeah, remembering that again. This is you've been brought into this covenant, right? God brought you together. He has put you in this covenant you made before God and for before you know people in your life. And this is 
this is a this is a small kind of not even blip. I just want to say it's just a part of marriage, right? It's a part of there. There's going to be fights, but they're not things that we need to be surprised by. They're not things that we need to be. Um, I don't want to say it too glossy. Like, don't be surprised by the the fights that you might have or the things that might escalate in your marriage, but see them as. Um, opportunities to be able to grow together and to go deeper in your understanding of God's word of who you are, um, to each other and to God and your marriage, what your, your marriage covenant means. That's good. Um, I do have, I have heard of couples who like their parent or like people will grow up and be like, yeah, my parents never fought. I never saw my dad raise his voice. And every time I raise my voice, I, f- I feel like a failure. <laughs> I'm like somebody somewhere in my memory said that their dad never raised his voice. And obviously I can't, we can't speak for every marriage, right? Listener, you might be coming from a, a household like that. I was, I didn't come from a household like that. You didn't come from a household like that. Um, but I, I tend to think that couples that don't fight in this way, there's usually somebody who is just completely acquiescing. Yeah. Yeah. There's a risk of, of, apathy happening of, um, a lack of, you know, engagement can indicate a lack of just caring and involvement. Mm. And so that can, the scary thing about that is, is that I think it happens slowly over time. Right. And so it's, it can just take you somewhere and you don't realize you're there until you're there. And you're like, how did this happen? How did we, Mm. how did I stop caring? How did I, how did this slip away? Or how did you slip away? You just, you know, so we have to be intentional about that. Yeah. Um, so that's the who and the what, remember your marriage is a covenant and the why. Okay. And this is the part we kind of talked about at the beginning and it's one of the big premises, but remember this as part of your perspective. Mm. The why are you arguing? Okay. Not the reasons themselves, but remember the underlying reasons is that sin is real and it breaks things, mm-hmm. including your ability to see clearly in situations like the one you're in. Right. Okay. That takes a certain amount of humility to see that moment and see yourself rightly in that moment, even though you might be factually right or somehow justified, there's some sort of justice involved. You're or... a wife and you're just always right. That's usually how it goes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Malfies and sweating. <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of, we have to humbly accept that it's possible right. for, I have to accept it's possible for me to sin in that moment. Right. The problem is, is you can even accept that and still not want to deescalate. Right. Right. Um, well, and I think, I think, you know, under this point real quick of remembering the big perspective, James one talks about, you know, test the testing of your faith, count it all joy brothers. When you meet trials of various kinds for, you know, that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and steadfastness, uh, let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Hmm. So there's, there's an opportunity here, right? And so these trials and these escalations are opportunities for God to, to help us grow spiritually in our mature and, and mature in our spiritual walk. Right. The, this is an area that we can remember that it's not just about me being right, you being wrong, but there's a bigger picture. There's a bigger perspective to be had. We are both being sanctified through these trials that are Sorry, happening. Sorry, I'm just what? giggling. Oh, I was like, what? Uh, well, you're scoffing reading... at me. <laughs> no, you're, <laughs> I think it's, I think you're applying it. Correct. I think it's okay to apply it that way. It's just funny because James is talking to the beginning. It says the tribes during the dispersion, and they're facing who knows what these trials are. And, I know our trials are very different. Then. Well, I'd say that you're like your spouse is on the same plane <laughs> as like that trial. That's not what I'm saying. I think the the underlying premise is true that God uses trials like this. I'm saying God is over; it's not out of His control, and yes. that He is yes. Lord and big enough to to work right for our good and to 
sin still submits to him, right? Yeah. Well, sin is rebellion from him, right. but he will he will work. It's not all yes. things out for the good of those who yes. love him and who yes. are called according to his purpose. Not sure if that's what could be applied in this exact case. However, I think what you're saying is true. Okay. That we, God will use our conflict in our marriage to refine us, assuming we submit ourselves to him through it. Right. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's the, the, the second one. Remember your big perspective. Yeah. Okay. What's number three? The third one is lovingly call out the escalation, which I think, I think that's really hard in those situations, to be honest, because, I mean, just thinking of our own loving kind of part's hard. argument. I've... Yeah, because I, we were having a, a rough time Monday because of some things that had happened, and I, you, I heard something, and I just started, like, bawling, and you were, like, yelling, and I'm like, why is he not being kind right now? And I'm like, why is she crying right now? <laughs> so that we were not <laughs> lovingly calling out escalation here. We were just engaging in you know, misunderstanding and frustration. <laughs> We're just doing exactly what our daughters do. That drives us nuts. Absolutely. They just start screaming I knew. When other. I was crying, I was just like, I can't deal with you right now. <laughs> this is, this is what's happening. I was happening. like, come talk to me when you're fixed. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why is he so uh, ungracious? <laughs> so, yeah, when you notice things going sideways, say something, but it's, it's easier said than done. We get that. If you have an opportunity before it gets too far down the line, yeah. I think you can lovingly call it out. Say, I love you. I feel like this is going to go in a bad direction right now. Yeah. Let's put, let's press pause. Right. And let's come back and talk about yeah. this a little and bit later. And do it lovingly because it's so easy to just be like, you're not in a good mood right now. I don't want to deal with you. Yep. And that I don't think is very That's loving. not diffusing bombs. That's laying more bombs. <laughs> Word. <laughs> that's lighting more fuses is what that's Word. doing. So try to diffuse the bombs. Yes. Instead of fusing them. <laughs> The fourth one is name your emotions. This is a hard one. And I had a friend challenge me in this and it was so good to do because I kind of went to her and was asking for prayer and just, she's always, she's just a very counseling, loving, kind, patient friend, the friend that I always want to be to others, but I feel like I fall short so much, but naming your emotions. What, what are you feeling? Hmm. You know, a lot of times we feel things without really knowing what they are or why we feel a certain way. Yeah. And so sometimes seeking that out, putting a label on how you feel and doing the work of articulating it is kind of the first step in the bigger picture, right? And I want to emphasize that word work in that. It's yeah. it's if you assume it's going to be easy to label and or to name your emotions, you're 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 understanding it wrong. <laughs> you're remembering it wrong. <laughs> you're remembering it wrong. <laughs> No, it's going to take work. Uh-huh. It's going to take work yeah. to really put your finger on it, to really think through and parse through your own thoughts and emotions and actually get down to what is the underlying thing. I know for me, if I'm really short with you and if I, because when I tend to be prone to escalation, it's because it's some other thing that's off, oh, totally unrelated to the issue we're arguing about. Right. Some underlying anxiety, un- underlying frustration that I feel. Obviously, because I'm <laughs> Usually it's around comparing. If I'm honest, it's usually around comparing to others yeah, and being dissatisfied and discontent mm. and, and, and sinning in that. And, mm. and so that creates um, a lot of dissonance in my heart. Yeah. And that comes out in how I communicate with you, with our daughters mm-hmm. and, and so on and so forth. So that's the fourth one. Name your emotions. Number five, assume less. This one's for Selena. I put this one in just I for you. you. <laughs> how, how dare, dare you? you. 
try to listen more. We talked about listening up up top, but maybe I'd try to listen if I didn't get yelled at. <laughs> when emotions run high, just kidding. I shouldn't joke about that. There are real problems like that. So I'm not I'm not trying to make light of any right. sort of We're like verbal today, abuse but, yeah. or anything like that. This is just so us. When emotions run high, it's we don't see things clearly, and I think it's hard to it's easy to admit that when you're in your car listening to a podcast or yeah. you're wherever you are right now listening to this, you're probably not in the middle of a heated argument. Mm -hmm. You're probably focused on something else. We're talking through it. We've written this down. But when you're, when it's like 10 o'clock at night, you've had long days, you finally got the kids to go to sleep after they were up three times to go to the bathroom to get water and to come ask you for some ridiculous thing. <laughs> and finally you're, you're, and now you're, you're finally talking about this. You're not thinking clearly if your emotions are starting to run high Yeah, for a lot of reasons. So, in that, in those times, especially, we start to assume, or we, we it tends to lead us into assuming that we know the full situation or our spouse's deeper motivations, and we take our own thoughts for face value, right? We don't oftentimes question ourselves; we question each other, mm -hmm. and so we assume that we know the grander reasons, so on and so forth. So, yeah. the big thing is just assume less. Maybe, and and the way you would assume less, and this is actually I'm going to jump ahead to the. This was supposed to be the ninth one, but. Um, I'm going to put it at number six is ask lots of questions. Oh, I was going to say, you should probably ask lots of questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, which I've learned, I've learned falling on my face in a lot of friendships of just prescribing. This is probably what it is, huh? You think you, this is what you're feeling. No, just ask lots of questions. Ask questions. Again, hard to do. Don't assume, you know, right? Hard to do when you're in the middle of a heated argument, Yeah. but so vital if you're, if you're going to find. Well, yeah, one way of de-escalating is, is, is thinking about the questions that you're going to ask, right, in a way that is not hopefully offensive, right, that is mm -hmm. that has the motivation of reconciliation and seeking to understand versus just igniting fire. I think that's key. I think that's key because yeah. you can ask questions that aren't in any way seeking to actually understand. Why are you the way that you are? <laughs> yeah. Do you think I'm an idiot? <laughs> um you don't want to know the real answer to that question, <laughs> but uh, questions like, what did you mean? Oh, I heard you say this. Right. What did you mean when you said that? Yeah. Or I, 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 I you seem to be really upset right now. Is it because of this? Right. Or maybe that's not a good way to start. Nope. Clearly like, you're crazy isn't... right now. So let's see. <laughs> yeah. Don't call your wife crazy. Don't call your wife. She's not crazy. <laughs> don't tell your wife to calm down. <laughs> I saw a Babylon Bee article. It was like something Man like. Man successfully like. <laughs> Yeah. calms his wife or like man successfully wins argument by telling his wife to calm down or something like that <laughs> and he's got this brilliant picture like they always do oh goodness um so, so ask a lot of questions yeah. and ask them in earnest if you can't ask them in earnest then you have not de-escalated quite yet to the level of where you are able to ask questions authentically in order to understand uh, what's actually happening in your spouse's heart and between the both of you. So Good. the seventh one is vacate. Uh, that, oh, oh, hold up. That's sorry. really controversial. Okay, okay. So please hear us out on this one. When we say vacate. Well, yeah, I was thinking, well, I mean, I, I did go on a walk with our baby, but it wasn't like I'm storming out. It was like, this is just a good time to go for a walk. Few right. minutes after. And there has to be, whether it's explicitly said in that moment, we've had examples of both. Mm-hmm. Or if it's just kind of a standing understanding in your family that you vacate with a clear intent to return, resolve, and reconcile. Right. That's clear. It has to be clear and it has to be very overt. And this, it's easy to remember three R's that you're going to return. You will resolve this particular argument and you will reconcile your relationship. You'll get back to a place of unity and wholeness. Mm. 
Okay. And what I mean by vacate, I don't mean go stay in a hotel overnight. Mm. I'm not saying that. I'm saying get out of the situation that is driving your emotions up. Separate yourselves for, it could take 10 minutes. It could take an hour. One time we had a fight. I, I, I was, there's probably been a handful of these arguments in our marriage where I've just felt like I might lose my mind. <laughs> like Andy Bernard. I'm losing my freaking mind. <laughs> I felt like my anger was was almost to the point where I was just like, I can't handle this right now. And so I said... That's where I get. That's where kidding. you get. I'm just kidding. I don't. And so I was just like, I just... I'm going to I'm, leave I'm gonna and come back. Debrief and like but I'm going to go... Decompress. Just, yeah. I went away and I don't actually leave the house often. This time I actually left the house and I drove. This is the marriage couple, right? Like fierce marriage. <laughs> Guys, this is, this is real life for us. I drove and I went and ate dinner by myself. <laughs> and I was just thinking. And like stewing and here's all the reasons I'm right. Here's all the reasons she's wrong. And then I, over time, God started to soften my heart. It took about three hours and I went and I, and I ended up, ended up going somewhere local and meeting some really cool people and just talking to some other older men. And they were just, it was just enough to get my mind away from it so that I could actually think through it clearly. Do you remember what happened when I came home that night? Yeah. You're like, I don't know what we're arguing about. I'm sure I was wrong, but like. Please forgive me. Can I we just be done? Yeah. Like, I, I don't even know why we were fighting. Can we just, I just want to give you a hug. I love you. And you were like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> and you know what? That was a really kind of critical moment in that, in that particular exchange. But I think it's taught me something about the value of vacating in those moments when, when you don't trust yourself. Right. Right. Now someone could be saying, well, in your, so the verses I want to talk through this are Ephesians four twenty six. in your anger, do not sin. Okay, that's quoting Psalm 4.4, which then talks about laying on, on your pillow. I want to pull it up, actually, because it's, really cool, um, it's a really cool cross-reference. But he's talking about Psalm 4.4. It says, uh, be angry yet do not sin on your bed. Search your heart and be still. So that's this picture of being alone, of being kind of understanding your anger, understanding your propensity to sin in your anger. Mm. So it's a warning to say, in your anger, don't do something you're going to regret later. Right. Instead... Search your heart and be still. Mm. You can't search your heart and be still if you're in the middle of an escalating argument. Right. And so that's 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 one piece to it. Someone could also say you're not um, you're you're teaching against the verse that says um, don't don't let the sun go down in your anger. Right. Ephesians four. Right? Where's that? Ephesians four twenty six. That's not this one. <clears throat> that's oh yeah. yeah. That's the second part of that verse is be angry, do not sin, do not let the sun go down on your anger. Um, so first off, the word for anger here is not you're irritated because something your spouse did or said to you. The word for anger is a brooding kind of like stew, uh, stewing anger, mm. like a, re- a vengeful anger, mm. meaning that I am going to hurt this person. I'm going to somehow harm this person. And he, he's saying, don't don't let the sun go down on that kind of anger. Mm. It's not saying that if you have a, a marital fight or something that you, you are disagreeing about that you have to somehow come to a magical agreement. I don't want to say magical because I feel like that's a dismissive word. You have right. to come to a, a perfect agreement before you go to sleep. Every time you have a fight, we'd never get any sleep right? <laughs> because there's just some things that we just need to sleep on so that we can come back to it the next day. Right. Be more clear headed and rested about it. And what this verse is really talking about is don't sweep it under the carpet, under the rug. 
don't consistently sweep it under the rug. Right, because what will happen is it starts to create a root of bitterness. It starts to turn into a brooding bitterness, a brooding anger that will turn into something that's much more insidious, much more damaging, much more vengeful. Mm. So hopefully that sounds wise. Obviously, we're... we're, we're, that sounds wise. Hopefully. I just just know there's a vast array of... (laughs) perspectives of people listening to this and the bottom line is that you're doing it for the health of your marriage you're not doing it to get out of the marriage or to somehow abandon the problem doing it meaning you're not vacating yes yes right you're vacating with the the intent of your understanding right this is just this is just one step in the five steps that need to happen kind of thing yes remember clear intent to return resolve and reconcile love that love that cool number eight is to take responsibility so each need to be accountable and understand and own the conflict that we are engaging in, right? So until each party learns to be accountable for their roles mm. in the conflict, there there's either going to there will either be an impasse or one spouse will be sort of bulldozed, right? No, Neither yeah. are healthy or biblical. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Um, yeah. So I, I I think there's something so particularly useful in this piece is that. By taking responsibility, nothing diffuses it or disarms more than you saying, you know what, you're right. I, this is my part in this. Right. Now, you don't want to be, it, it's it's easy to take that and then immediately fire back so- and be like, you're right, I'm wrong in right. this because you did this or And whatever. you also don't want to be like self-deprecating, right? Yeah. To an extent. Like, you don't want to just be like, well, yeah, it's always my fault and it's always, you know. Well, you- that's not true. Take That's not truly taking responsibility. That's right. That's just pointing out another issue right right of course it's my fault of course you know oh it's always about me it's always (laughs) it's always my issue you're always right you know and that's of course you're saying the words but you're not actually taking responsibility but you're not so take genuine responsibility think soberly about yourself and think am i'm not perfect i have all have sinned and fallen short Mm. that includes me i'm in all Mm. therefore i may not Fully understand the situation. Right. I may have motivations that are wrong. Take that responsibility and verbalize it. Mm-hmm. And that will do a lot to, um, to start de-escalating the conversation. All right. So number nine, this is a big one for us. Um, <laughs> Just read yours. What? Ditching the tit for tat. Yes, because it's your favorite. Yeah. So we have this thing in our marriage. I don't know how much we've talked about it here, but um, we've talked about it a it's bit. not tit for tat. And what I mean by that, it's not, we're not trading. It's not a life of trading one good for another good. Okay. Marriage is, is much more selfless than that. Yeah. It has to be rooted in generosity and a, and a fountain of love that is not based on, um, behavior or based on what I can get out of you if I love you in a certain way. Mm. The fountain of love being the love of God in Christ. And so that's what selfless biblical love is. So until each party learns to, excuse me. Um, this goes to the previous point of learning to um, take okay, responsibility mm-hmm. and to own your own role in it and to own your role in that marriage. Um, yeah. So here's the thing about tit for tat is it deflects. Right. 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 It deflects in two ways. Either you're not really listening because you're just being defensive. What do you mean by about tit- what you're going to say? <laughs> well, it's like you. So like we could say you always do this or that or the other. Well, you always do this. Right, so like that's right, tit for tat. Right. Or you did this. Well, so I get to do this. It's not tr- about trading blows. It's well, about trying to get to the heart of it. Well, trading implies division, right? And so mm. if there's it's an exchange between two parties, it's a contract. Right. It's, yeah. And there's, it implies division. Whereas if like, we're not trading, we're always like giving and, and, and being grateful for the giving, then 
um, I feel like it'll de-escalate probably things that would nor- normally escalate. Right? Yeah. yeah, it's usually yeah, just yeah, breaking true. that cycle. Yeah, so it, it again, it deflects. It's a deflecting activity, and it deflects in two ways: either you're not really listening because you're being defensive, or you're also distracting from what your spouse was actually trying to say. Whether or not they're actually successful in saying it is another matter. Right. But you're saying if they if they, I don't want to say the word accuse, but they say, yeah, you did this and you should have done that. And you say, well, you should have done this. <laughs> the well, should haves don't go far in marriage. You're friends. Not, <laughs> that's not an exchange of a conversation. Right. That's, you're just right. firing shots over each other's bow right, at that point. Right. And like you said, I mean, it just flies in the face of marital charity and generosity yeah. and mutual sacrifice, which are all things that are included in this biblical covenant of mm. learning to, to love each other the way Christ loves us and learning how to be generous with each other because Christ has been generous. It's not, okay, well, he got 30 minutes extra to do this, so I get 30 minutes extra to do that, or he has this time. There's And there are ways to work in rhythms. I definitely think that, you know, this could, this is a quick side note of, you know, having some me time versus like self-care time, right? So we all need to have ourselves, we all need to be able to have the time and space to um, grow, right? To, to just encounter the Lord, to go out and do an activity if we can together as a family and we all enjoy it even better. Um, but I get mm. that sometimes, you know, like Ryan has, you have a house full of girls, you need guys in your life. So if I can support you in that, then I take the opportunity to say, go, go with some guys because you come back better for it. And it's a way that I can be generous and loving. And it's not so I can then ask, can I go do this? <laughs> this is- but it's, I mean, it, it works, but it's not like I'm sitting here, you know, calculating how many times you went out with the guys and how many times I get to go out now and blah, blah, blah. It's more of like, does this work for our family? Can we do this right now? Are you okay with this? If I, and if it works great, then we can do that. But again, yeah. it's this whole, that whole attitude of like tit for tat is very divisive. I feel like it's very, it's like you said, deflective and it just, it, it breaks a team effort happening. It really is just like me against you and what I can get from it. So that was bonus content in general, ditch the tit for tat thing, but especially when you are in an escalating argument, don't just exchange blows or just fire shots over each other's bow. Like you actually have to engage with what someone's saying. Yeah. And all of the things that we've said before this would get you to that point of engaging. Right. If Selena's saying something to me, she's saying those things, whether or not she means what she's saying, she's saying them for a reason. Meaning that you might be saying something the hurtful, or you might be saying something that's not articulated in a way that's especially right. perfect. But if I'm being charitable as a husband, and I'm preaching to myself right now because I'm really terrible at this. Sorry, Mr. Perfect. <laughs> but if I'm being charitable to you, I can say, okay, you're saying this and it hurts my feelings. Yeah. If you're trying to hurt my feelings, you have succeeded. <laughs> <laughs> but if I'm, but I can think, okay, this is my wife. This is probably what she's feeling. How can I help her where she's feeling? Instead of trying to just fix her or get to the answer, yeah, we're trying to help each other. You're really, I feel like you're good at that. I, I'm not always good at that because my blind rage takes over in my mind and my emotions and I just feel so like hot and heated. I'm just like, mm. I can't think clearly. I need to de-escalate somehow. I don't think de-escalate. That word is not in my head, but I just think... I'm not, I recognize that I'm having a very difficult time right now. So I need to step away and I, we need just some time and space. Um, I just need emotionally to like calm down before I can start. It's hard. Clearly. It's hard though at times because it feels like you, you, it feels good to fight. It does feel good so, to fight and you don't want to like, you know, look, look like you're weak sometimes too, <laughs> which is well, not productive either. 
we're getting a little bit off. We're going to get to the 10th point here yes. in a minute. Sorry. Um, but did you know that the, the feeling of righteous anger, which a lot of times these fights come out of, is we both feel like we're right in our anger mm-hmm. and it's a righteous anger. Right. Like I'm justified in feeling this it's way. It's okay for me to be mad. This is, this will bring justice. Yeah. And it feels good. So yeah. there's science again behind it. This, the, those self-righteous anger, um, or, or righteous anger mm-hmm. hits on the same pleasure centers as, uh, like any sort of pleasurable activity, whether it's a drug or it's being entertained, you know, watching a movie or listening to good music, right? It's, it feels good to, to fight and be and fight righteously. And so it does, you have to kind of fight your flesh in that and walk by the spirit Galatians five, instead of walking further into the fire and taking your spouse with you. So you both burn, (laughs) you you, you need to learn to deescalate the situation and walk away sometimes, or just do some of these other activities, some of these other ideas. All right. Number 10, this one's actually, um, a little bit of a different context here because, uh, we're going to say, if you find that you, this particular rhythm, right, is this broken record of an escalating fight over a certain topic, over a certain whatever, Mm. it's time to get help. You need somebody to come in and help you see the situation differently. Sure. And as we always say, biblical counselors are a gift from God. Yeah. People that know God's word and know how the human mind works and can help you parse through some of this stuff in a new way. Right. Absolutely worth whatever investment they're asking for. Because that will help you have a breakthrough that will serve you for the rest of your marriage. Right. The other thing, if you can't afford a biblical counselor, go to your pastor. Like mm-hmm. That's what pastors are for. Right. They're there to help the body of Christ. Go to a friend who loves you and wants to advocate for your marriage. We're, we're always saying that we don't, you don't need adversaries. So don't go to somebody who's going to just advocate for you. Right. Go to somebody who will advocate for your marriage. Right. A lot of times it looks like another couple. Mm-hmm. Not just one wife or one husband, but the whole the couple themselves, right. and get help. So yeah, um, sometimes you no can't break out of it. Yeah, yeah. And I think that there's a lot of tools available to us that will actually help us get through these kinds of things and to grow in these areas. You know, if you, again, if you keep coming around to the same argument, there's there's ways to to learn about yourself, to understand yourselves and how you function. Um, but it's not always realized by each other, right? It's sometimes we're just so close to it we can't see um, the Absolutely. trees through the forest. I guess see the forest for the trees. Trees through the forest. I never understood that. See analogy. the forest yeah. and the trees. It's, it's, there's lots of trees and lots of forests. And anyway, <laughs> okay. So we have a couples conversation challenge for you today, and I think these questions um, can be helpful and. That's why we ask them, right? So <laughs> what convers- ask each other, what conversations or topics or events typically end up with you having one of these fights? Hmm. So, so for us, I mean, let's just be transparent. I feel like for us, we, we've gotten better at this, but it used to be around like whenever we had some sort of, um, intimacy issue, meaning okay. that if some of what we, you were feeling my, maybe expectations that were wrong, or I was feeling maybe, um, unloved in a way. Sure. And we, we try to talk about it and it would immediately quickly escalate because we both get really defensive because sure. it's a very personal topic to talk, talk about. Yeah. For some couples, it's finances. I think in-laws can easily go this way mm. because you end up pitting each other against your in-laws. Yeah. And you like you oftentimes it's natural to take the role of your own parents or take right. not the role, but the take the side. Yeah. Yeah. And so it escalates and there's, you start shouting at each other and before you know it. So. That's an example. Um, and then another question is think through the timing and how, you, how, um, I guess this is a suggestion. Think through your timing, how you're feeling and why are those, that time and those feelings typically result in an escalating fight. 
And then how can, this is the other question, how can you use these 10 de-escalation ideas to help you through your next talk? So speaking There's of... a lot of challenges there. Yeah, you know, it's multifaceted, <laughs> just like me. <laughs> multi-layered, multifaceted people. Like an onion, you're Shrek. <laughs> what? <laughs> like an onion? Yeah, Shrek. I think that was a Shrek thing. Anyway, I'm going to say them real quick. I'm going to go through the, the, the 10. So hopefully if you're in your car or wherever, you can just make note of whichever one jumps out at you. The first one is just breathe. The second one, remember your big perspective, that the who, what, and the why of your marriage. Who, who, who's this person you married? What is your marriage? And why is this fight even happening? And sin is the reason. And humbly accepting that. The second or third one, um, lovingly call out the escalation for what it is in these moments. The fourth one is name your emotions. This is hard, takes work, but it's so it's so very important, productive. very productive. Yeah. Yeah. Fifth one, assume less and try to listen more. Assuming is very um, can be very toxic at times. The sixth one is ask lots of questions. That goes kind of hand in hand with assuming less. Seventh one is if necessary, vacate, but with the clear intent to return, resolve, and reconcile. So good. It's okay to 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 let it breathe apart. Okay, that's okay. But you got to return and reconcile. The eighth one is take responsibility for what you can take responsibility for. Right. The ninth one is you got to get rid of the tit for tat mm-hmm. attitude. Tit for tat attitude. <laughs> <laughs> got to push the words together. There you go. Lots of references today. Uh, the tenth one is get help as needed if you find that you're in a repeating cycle. Right. And I would definitely, I think you would echo this. I would just take the time to read the book of James. It's five chapters. It's really good. It's talking about just trials and how, and the testing of your faith, um, doing and hearing God's word and what that looks like. Um, and then also taming the tongue. This is where we find more of like talking, you know, how we should speak to each other. Um, the importance of taming the tongue and the warning against worldliness, um, it's, it's just, it says, you know, it even starts to like what quarrels and what causes fights among you is, is not this, that your passions are at war within you, you desire to have. And so you, and you do not like, so this is, I feel like this is identifying those things that cause us mm. to escalate and how we can deal with them in a godly way. So definitely check out the book of James, give it a good read, absorb, absorb, submit, submit, like mm. just let it be of the authority that reigns in your marriage. That's, that's very good. Thank you for Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It goes back to the fact that your spouse has direct lines to your heart. Right. And those yeah. words are like they're like daggers yeah. if they're not wielded carefully. Yeah. And they can be used to bring life or death. Yeah. And so, so good. And at times of escalation, I think, is when we tend to bring death. And so let's fight for ways to bring life. Yes. So I want you to pray for us. Okay. Call it. God, thank you so much for every person listening. We pray for the marriages out there that um, are dealing with continuous, continual escalating uh, conversations and trials. Father, I pray that you would, uh, Holy Spirit, you would lead them, you would guide them, uh, that you would counsel them. God, I pray that you would bring people into their lives that would help them and walk alongside them. Lord, thank you for your word that instructs us. Help us to trust it and to live under its authority. Mm-hmm. Um, give us your grace. Holy Spirit, help us to be humble in taking responsibility and owning our parts in these these controversial times of our marriage. Mm. We love you, God. We are so grateful for your word that it sustains us. Um, I pray for just a fierce tenacity among the listeners today to uh, hear Mm. from you, to submit to you, God, and to walk with you. 
um, bring unity in the marriages around the world. In your name, amen. Amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening once again to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. Ryan and Selena Frederick signing out. <laughs> this episode is? In the can. All right, as usual, we'll see you in about seven days. And until then, stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com, or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care. Mm-hmm.